Hello there, I'm the pirate novelist, your captain through the rough seas of media. And I am DJ Low of HD, your happily neighboring DJ of all fucks given. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a fair warning, this is not for the kiddos, so this is At all. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the very first uh, episode, I guess this is called, for our podcast. Mm-hmm. This is called um, uh, Deep Cuts from the Record Bin. Yes. So this is kind of uh, an amalgamation of music reviews, what's going on in the music world, and our thoughts on everything music. Yes. Plus gives us a chance to explore new avenues with music, things mm-hmm. that we may not be used to listening to. Mm-hmm. And with this podcast, allow us to expand our craft and what we do individually mm-hmm. with me, with my own brand, and him, and what he does. Absolutely. So uh, let's go into a little bit about ourselves. Um, I've been a music fan since practically high school time. I've been really devoted to it. Um, I listen to a lot of different things. I'm mainly in the rock genre is kind of where I like to stay. But I also like really what's going on with the alternative world right now and kind of going along with that kind of stuff. Okay. And me personally, I was raised in the Caribbean household, so I listened to soca, calypso, reggae, bagata, merengue, and then a little bit of gospel and hip hop. Because you know my, my brother was a New Yorker, so hip hop, lots and lots of hip hop. <laughs> Anybody listen to me know that I'm a DJ, and my bass genre is soca. But with me getting back into my brand fully now, I want to explore new avenues. So with this podcast, I'm going to do that. Yes, absolutely. And I think we should start things off with uh, <clears throat> what's going on in the uh, rock and entertainment world. And I found this interesting article, and I don't know if you can read it on your side, but I'm just going to read it off when it's here. It's um, it's all consequences sound. Uh, okay. The Runaways' Lita Ford was asked to replace John Paul Jones in Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Uh, Robert Plant offered Ford the job in 1975. Um, you know, it says, a quote, in an alternative history, Led Zeppelin would have fired John Paul Jones in 75 and replaced him with Runaway's guitarist Lita Ford. In her new okay. memoir, Living Like a Runaway, Ford reveals that Zeppelin frontman Robert Plant offered her the gig after sh- attending a Runaway's concert. Uh, he asked me, quote, if I could play bass, she accounts for who? I asked Led Zepp. He might have been drinking or pulling my leg, but he seems to be dead serious in the moment. Ford never heard back from Plant, but as uh, New York Post notes, Jones briefly uh, left Zeppelin at the time. And then Ford also discussed uh, Plant offering Plant's offer in a 2013 interview with Brayford's. I shook it off like it was a joke, but I didn't think he was joking. He said, yeah, sure, right, and left it at that. I didn't even try to pursue it. I love John Paul Jones. He's one of my favorite bass players. I just couldn't imagine me replacing him. But the fact that they thought about a female in their band I thought was pretty cool. And then they uh, they link it to, I might actually put this there, but they actually link to the uh, part of the interview on that website. Okay. I, I think that's kind of interesting. You know, that, that would have been kind of really different at that time. It really would have been considering how music was at that time. Mm-hmm. And with fans of that band and him personally, is like to hear news like that is like, well, what the hell's going on? Yes, and that that would have been like a shocker way back then. Even now, like with what's going on in music nowadays, even if that would have happened right now, it would still mm-hmm. catch people by surprise because people never expect stuff like that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's just kind of interesting the way it went down with that, and just to think what it would have been like. You know, had he left and Lita Ford went in there, that would have been kind of crazy. Oh, okay. Zeppelin probably would have been different, but they're just so different anyway. It's, you know, kind of interesting. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, on the pops, well, on the pop side of things, people who have been following what's going on with the artist Kesha, as you may know, with her lawsuit, the judge basically denied her a request to not work with Dr. Luke anymore. Mm-hmm. If you may not know, she made accusations that Dr. Luke basically raped the hell out of her and mm-hmm. sexually assaulted her and basically forced her to record with him. 
Now, mm-hmm. me personally, I think that's not right because an artist should be able to record whoever she wants, he or she wants, okay? Mm-hmm. And for a judge to basically tell her, no, you're going to keep on recording with this man who hurt you and you're so stuck with your contract with Sony Music, that is a fucking right, mm-hmm. okay? Now, recently, she dropped a five-single EP called Deconst- Deconstructed, mm-hmm. okay? It's like stripped-down acoustic version of her, like, her normal poppy that's not the word I'm trying to say. Normal, very well-known pop songs, mm-hmm. okay? Die Young, Blow, The Herald Song, and Supernatural, okay? Mm-hmm. I just listened to it, and this is not an actual review, but in my personal opinion, it's actually quite nice. It's a lot different from what Ketcher normally brings to the table, mm-hmm. and it's definitely an outlet for her. It's definitely a good outlet because if you, for people who have been through sexual assault, rape, and stuff like that, me being dealt with rape, music mm-hmm. can be a beautiful outlet. And for her to still be able to do that is beautiful. Absolutely, I agree there. And I think it's really nice all the support that she's getting oh, for yes. what's happening. Like, but, like well, Taylor Swift, oh, yes. Perry. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really nice. And I think from what I had read from like a, a friend of mine, I think it said it was like eight or nine that was in that contract, eight or nine records. That's a lot. That really is a lot. But if you think about it, you know, if you're in contract, let's just say, um, <clears throat> pardon me, let's just say, you know, kind of like Captain Kirk, you know, mm-hmm. William Shatner was contracted to do maybe three Star Trek movies, but he could still do other stuff on the side. So maybe it's just me, you know, not knowing that much about the situation. But even though you're contracted with that, you should, still should be able to go over and you know, go do some other stuff. That's that's the thing. Like, hence so many people doing independent stuff because, for mm-hmm. example, me and my brand, don't get me wrong, I was, I'm still affiliated with QLine Entertainment, okay? Mm-hmm. That independent music label that I used to be with. But I, but when I left the label, I made sure I left basically to do whatever I please. I left to start my own brand mm-hmm. because I want to do whatever I want. With QLine, I was able to do so, but to a point. Yep. Okay. I'm not saying you should not join a join a major label. If you want to, then be my guest. Absolutely. I do you. But if you really want to be fully you and get the full profit of what you do and actually thoroughly enjoy it, mm-hmm. I personally suggest you go independent because you have full control with every single move you make. Mm-hmm. And that's nice, especially when you're you're new to the scene. Absolutely. Like you can still make the mistakes that you're gonna make. You can still be raw with your music, however you go about it, mm-hmm. and yet still have the freedom to. You want to switch up your style and do something different? You can do that and not catch any help for it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you think about I know a band called uh, Adelita's Way, who they mm-hmm. had a contract and they completely wanted to get away from, you know, who they were signed with. And do something themselves, and they completely crowdfunded their latest record. I haven't heard it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to hear it. It's coming out soon, but it was completely crowdfunded. I almost, if I had the, the funds at the time, I would have bought the uh, the LP, which mm-hmm. was like about fifty bucks. But you're actually supporting them going in and recording it. So I think we're moving a little bit more towards this crowdfunded, independent kind of deal, but still have that basis for the, you know, big record contracts to kind of do things. Because think about it, a record contract is basically a very, very high interest rated loan mm-hmm. to record your music and for them to put money on the side to help you promote it and stuff like that. And they mm-hmm. have the context that you don't have. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with somebody going out and getting context themselves? What's wrong with somebody getting the money their own way, however they do it, to make the music that they want to make? Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. And like with major labels, the one thing I do not like, and some and speak would never will join a major label at all. And if I do, it'll be really different. Mm-hmm. Is if let's say I'm signed to Sony, right? Mm-hmm. Every song I make is theirs, not mine. Mm-hmm. So when I leave the the when I leave the label, I have the fight to get my music back, or I have to ask for my music back, and that's not right. If I put in the time. To make that beautiful song or mm-hmm. albums or ever, I just have the full freedom to do whatever I please with my music. Mm-hmm. Not ask a label who to even 
go in the go in the studio with me, put down the verse with me, master with me, or go through the pain and struggles to make that music to actually just use a song. Mm-hmm. That is right. Yeah, and I know there are other bands that have had problems with their their labels. Uh, Tonight Alive with Fearless, um, they signed with Sony on all other. <clears throat> pardon me. They signed with Sony to promote their music all over the world, but here in the U.S. they are with Fearless Records. And mm-hmm. if you remember, I think it was the latest or the one before, one of the Spider-Man movies they actually wrote a song for, but because there was an issue with Fearless and Sony, even though they were signed to Sony all over the world, I think the U.S. didn't get that song on the soundtrack. See the issue right there? That's not that's not right. If I were to make a song for a movie, first of all, how I how I even got the I, the, the the suggestion to do that shit is beyond my comprehension. That'd be fantastic to even be asked. Hey, can you do this for our movie? Sure. Mm-hmm. It should not. I should not. Okay, what I'm trying to say that should not happen. Okay, mm-hmm. they put in that work to make that song. It should be allowed to be played wherever they want to play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Doesn't matter if it's one country or internationally. Mm-hmm. And for a label to be like, no, it ain't working out, so we ain't putting it on the, on the soundtrack. Okay, first of all, that's pointing out of the artist's pocket right now off the bat. Mm-hmm. You're basically telling him, or the artist basically, no, we do not want your fans to hear this song. What the hell? Yeah, especially okay? U.S. fans. Yeah, come on now. There's a major fan base here in the U.S., regardless of who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you are a musician doing this, you should be able to reach anybody in this world that you want. Absolutely. Okay? It should not mean no major label telling you, no, you will not play in this country. Sorry, you will not you will not play your music in this country. That's or what they're, not, to say. they're not going to hear it in this country, and they have to go online and, you know, basically do conversions to try and get it over here. And, you know, it's a mess. You know, a lot of I like a lot of artists over in Europe. You know, there's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into symphonic metal and pop metal, so there's Amaranthi and, you know, Nightwish and Within Temptation. And I had to hear it from a friend because they don't normally play that kind of stuff over here. I guess, you know, it's just the mindset. But it's I'm glad that they released it over here. But with that kind of stuff, sometimes there's other songs released in the other country that don't get brought over here. And if I want to hear it, I want to buy it. I want to hear that song. I want to support your music. And sometimes it's just very hard to do that. When it's you know not being offered over here, and that's not right. Come on now, let's okay. When I made Alpha Part Two, I didn't make Alpha Part Two to be like, oh, I only want to be played in Trinidad and Tobago, or I just want to play it in, in just the U.S. No, I want anybody in the world to listen to it. Mm-hmm. I made it for people to listen and enjoy it. Absolutely. Not 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 a select few people to say, oh, here you only listen to oh only hear you listen to it. First of all, I am not well known. I mm-hmm. have no right to be like, oh, you will not listen to my music. So what's the point of me making it? Yeah. Okay? Music is made with feeling, with sorry, with emotion. Okay? Yep. It can be used as an outlet. It can be used to make people, I can go on with this, honestly. Oh, yes. So, so just for examples here, my, my own mixtape, when you make, when you make a mixtape, mm-hmm. you basically... You basically open up your soul to, to everybody. Mm-hmm. When you do that, anybody can listen. Mm-hmm. So, since a lot of musicians are aware of that, why not do that? Yeah. Why only do it for one country? What makes that one country more special than another country for them to only that one country can hear it, but that country cannot? What the hell? Yeah, and, you know, we can go on and on about this. I'll just say one example, you know, Rubber Soul... Uh, over in the UK versus Rubber Soul here in America. I have both. I have a Japan LP, and then I have a US LP, and they actually have different track listings. Really? Yeah. um, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I'll go ahead and look it up while we're talking here. But, yeah, it could be completely different. Uh, Rubber Soul Japan, let me pull it up. I can see if, for mute for like uh, financial reasons, like a, a certain country wanted 
want to hear it in certain ways so that artists make a certain version of, of the album for Absolutely. that specific country. I can see that happening. I get that. Yeah, and, and just as a, a fair warning, a lot of these songs the U.S. did hear at a later date. So I'm going to pull up both both versions. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you here. So with the Rubber Soul, the U.S. version... Oh, where are you? You get, um, I Just Seen a Face, Norwegian Wood, You Won't See Me, Think for Yourself, The Word, Michelle, It's Only Love, Girl, I'm Looking Into You, In My Life, Wait, Run for Life, and then, you know, they have their new versions. Okay. The other one, it's Drive My Car, Norwegian Wood, You Won't See Me, Nowhere Man. I did not even mention Nowhere Man. That's one of my favorite, um, Beatles songs. Okay. I I think it's, you know, on a different, uh, one for us here but you see how it could be a little different I don't mind that you know it being a little bit different it adds like a collector's value to it but at the same time if you're gonna you know eventually release it eventually release it and there are certain circumstances where let's just say you know what happened in in France and everything if they release it in France but make it open to anybody who can really get to it and you benefit I can understand maybe writing a song for just France I know yeah. Prince wrote a song just for Baltimore with mm-hmm. what happened in Baltimore. So I don't mind that. You know, it's it's a double-edged sword with what we're talking about here. I get that. Like, I can, I use my own music, for example, again. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. I, I love making soca music. Soca, sorry. Soca music. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. In Trinidad, they have a, a event called Carnival. It mm-hmm. happens normally around, actually a couple of weeks ago, actually just finished. Mm-hmm. And like it lasts like a little while, like a couple of days, juve. And before then, all the musicians that live there, they make their songs just for that event. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And since, since I grew up in a family that is from that country, mm-hmm. not my actual, not my adopted family. I'm not Trinidadian people. If you listen, you know what the hell I am. If mm-hmm. not, I'll explain later. But yeah. still, when I'm, I literally will make music just for that event. Okay. Yeah. I I literally made music just for that specific event, just for that country. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, but I didn't make it so nobody, nobody else can listen to it. Everybody can listen to it. But yeah. I made it known that it's for this event. Mm-hmm. And I can I can see that. Like I get I understand that. Right. Oh yeah. Like there's different events that happens all over, all over the world. Okay. Like the Olympics. Okay. Yeah. Artists make music for the Olympics mm-hmm. or like a certain movie, like spec, uh, a James Bond movie. Yeah. Adele or Sam Sam Smith. Goddamn. Sam Smith making a song, the actual song for one of those movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get that. Yeah. As I understand, but you make it for that specific thing. But don't just keep it just for that one thing and only let the people who's involved with that one thing listen to it. Allow everybody to listen to it because if you do that, you bring more people into that event itself as well. Mm-hmm. That's making a broader audience for not just you, but for that event as well. So that way it's a win, win, win. Win for you, win for the event, and win for the fans who experience something new. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's move on here. Um, okay. Uh, according to NME, uh, have you seen the new Star Wars yet? Yes, I have. Not all of it, but yes, I have. I'm, I'm, not gonna... I'm aware of everything, so you can spoil away. <laughs> I'm mainly talking <laughs> about Daisy Ridley, who did a fantastic job in that, in her role as Rey. Okay. Uh, apparently, Star Wars' Daisy Ridley is recording a song with, quote, massive music superstar. Uh, Star Wars director J.J. Abrams has hinted at Ridley's possible move into music. Um, she reported uh, moving into music. She records her uh, first song. It has been rumored today, and they put it out February the 26th. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be recording a song with a well-known producer this weekend. So, yeah, Daisy Ridley's moving into um, music. I'd be interested to see that. Um that's definitely something different, something I want to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah, it's it seems kind of interesting. 
I, I can see. Oh, so, my bad. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Like, I can see him with the experience with Star Wars and different movies bringing something new to the table, which is beautiful because music always needs something new. Mm-hmm. It's always evolving. So for a new artist to bring something new is beautiful to watch. Yep. And, you know, just putting themselves out there, I think it's fantastic that she wants to put herself out there and try music. Doesn't hurt to try. Yep. There's no harm in trying. <laughs> no harm in trying. You might fuck up a lot, but no harm in trying, though. <laughs> no, no, har- no harm in trying. Okay, let's move on here. Uh, according to Rolling Stone, oh, this this is kind of sad. Yoko Ono is hospitalized. Oh. She had flu-like symptoms. Uh, My nigga. <laughs> uh, she's taken to the hospital. She'd been suffering from flu and had gone to the hospital for a checkup for the advice from a doctor. Um, okay. There's no stroke. There's no life-threatening circumstances. Has been described to me, publicist. So yeah, Yoko Ono's uh, in the hospital. Send some positive vibes her way. We all. Sorry, my bad. She needs it. Yes, she yeah. definitely needs it. Hopefully that she don't die on us. Mm-hmm. Then we gotta deal with a bunch of crying Beatles fans again, which will really, really suck. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to her, but that's that's a lot of people. That's a lot of fans. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of uh, people who passed away, we we did have somebody kind of semi-important, at least, you know, in my life here. Uh, Tony Burton, uh, if you've seen Rocky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the man who trained The black trainer who played Apollo Creed. No, the one who trained Apollo Creed and the stallion himself. Uh, He passed away at the age of 78. Uh, The cause of death is currently unknown. But his sister reported that he had been in and out of hospitals over the past year and, you know, had deteriorating uh, he had deteriorating help that restricted him from attending last year's screening of Creed, which, you know, is the spinoff about, you know, Apollo's son. Yes. So, you know, that that's kind of tragic there. But in a way, it's tragic. Tragic. Yes. But he at least he died 78. He had a good life. Mm-hmm. He, was in, he, he was in pretty good movies. Yeah, one of a family. Hey, at least he at least he died at a very good age. Yeah. So yeah. So pos- mm-hmm. My bad, my bad, my bad. No, Go ahead. No, you're fine. So positive vibes to his uh surviving family mm-hmm. and his kids if he have any. I've not really kept track of them. Um but still positive vibes to his family and loved ones that are hurt by his passing their way. Mm-hmm. And people, just keep in mind, I am, concerning this podcast, I am very new to this. Plus, I'm in a library, so I cannot be fully me right now. Mm-hmm. It's me not sound like the way I normally sound, okay? Mm-hmm. This this whole podcast is very new to me in a lot of ways, so I am busy learning and adapting things that go along, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I will be much more entertaining in the coming podcast. It's just for this one, I'm feeling this one out so I can understand what adjustments I need to make to make this work, okay? Yeah. Just want to put that out there. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll move uh, one more music thing and then one more entertainment thing and then we'll get to the uh, reviews proper. Okay. Jack White is set to appear on The Muppets. <laughs> and he's supposed to sing Fell in Love with a Girl with Kermit. <laughs> I will probably I will need to watch that. Uh, Friday, they updated it. Uh, Friday, February 26th, there's a teaser video in which White and Kermit sing It's Not Easy Being Green and Fell in Love with a Girl. That is going to be <laughs> absolutely funny. It's set to, to air March 1st. You know, it's not that far along. Okay. Yeah, and it's it just comes, you know, after Dave Grohl did a drum-off with Animal. Hmm. And that that was funny. <laughs> okay. Like, didn't you see, like, I think, like, late last year, Kermit breaking up with Miss Piggy and, and mm-hmm. all of that happening and shit. Yeah, that that was that was a real scandal. I think. <laughs> <laughs> if I saw people literally prepping Kermit, repping Piggy, and just like, whoa, they they're mu- they're puppets. Chill. <laughs> Drink well, a V8. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could have had a V8. <laughs> I say y'all all need V8s. Maybe the fruit one, but V8s. 
And now shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you remember um, when you were in uh, elementary school, they had that book, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Did you ever read that book? Say that again, please. There was um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, something like that, yes. You know, it has that, like, clown, like, really weird, like, it's a clown, but it's a skull, and it's, like, decomposed a little bit, and it's got, like, a corncob pipe in its mouth. Well, Guillermo del Toro is actually supposed to oh, direct no. it. Oh, it's no. going to be awesome. And then oh, the, no. <laughs> and then, apparently, the Lego movie writers are going to pen the script for it. What? Yeah. Okay, the people who did Lego Movie did a fantastic job. Ke- Dan, and Dan, 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 and Kevin Hagerman, two writers behind the wildly successful Lego Movie, have come aboard Guillermo del Toro's adaption of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, they've been hired to finish and polish the film script, an adaption of Alvin Schwartzman's Macabre Children's Book anthology. I'm thinking this is going to be, you know, uh, Del Toro is suspectedly producing this film. He's eyeing to direct it, but in this sense right now, they are still in the actual writing phase. So they haven't shot anything. They're still in the writing phase, but I think this is going to be interesting, you know, to see them go from everything is awesome with that to move towards the adaption of the scary stories. And I think Del Toro is going to bring something menacing to it because when you read that when I read that as a kid I was scared like beyond recognition with that but I look at it now and it's not that scary my first idea is off the bat is why Toro wanted to do this specifically what what's, what made him decide let's do this that's the reason behind it that has to be yeah and I don't know but I'm, uh, I'm actually looking forward to it Del Toro if you see Pan's Labyrinth Pan's Labyrinth? Pan's Labyrinth. It's a... I've heard of it, but I don't know a lot about it. Well, it's a dark story, 100% in Espanol. I've watched it with subtitles. I'm not afraid to do that. And it's very dark, and, you know, part of it's disturbing, and it's it's dripping with atmosphere, but at the same time, I wasn't scared throughout the entire thing, but I did feel a sense of... I don't want to say dread, but just uneasiness throughout the entire thing. It felt like a dark, very dark fairy tale, and that's kind of what I like about his style. You know, with he did Hellboy, um, Pan's Labyrinth again is one of my personal favorite, you know, darker stories, and I think he's going to do a very good job with it. Hopefully, he does because I am getting really bored with a lot of stuff that's out nowadays. Mm-hmm. So. That he needs to bring something new to the table with this. He needs to. Yep. And putting these writers on there, I think they're going to bring something different to it. And, and again, these stories are like maybe like three or four pages long. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like little kid version stories that you go, ooh, you know, over the campfire. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, with us kids, when people make a redo of a certain thing, of a book, movie, film, whatever, or an people, adaption, mm hmm. Or adapting however they do it people tend to be like it has to be fully exact okay don't get me wrong nothing wrong with being exact but what's wrong with trying something new or expanding on the ideas in the source material that's the thing it's like come on now like with even with a how about this with a genre mm-hmm. of music right yep we all know what that genre can do okay what what we we know the history of it. Okay. How else is it going to evolve and become something bigger the way it is if we don't bring something new to it? Mm. Doesn't go just it doesn't go just with that, it goes with anything. Mm-hmm. How else do you expect it to evolve and become something better than what it is? Unless you bring something new to it. Yeah. Kinda like, you know, horror movies. Yeah, I don't I'll I'll be honest here, I'm not like the biggest horror movie fan. But I have a couple of horror movies that I do like. And it's the ones that don't you know, jump scary every three seconds. A jump scare is startling, but it's not scary. Case in point, um, have you seen the movie Oculus? 
Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to bash on Karen. She did such. She tried her best in there. Karen Gillan's one of my favorite actresses, so I'm going to defend her in this movie. Mm. But this, I'll be honest, this was like one of the first movies, scary movies, where I wasn't scared at all. You first? You sure about that? Yeah. Well, no. There was one other one, and it has Ivan Moody from Five Finger Death Punch in it, and he's okay. the villain in it, and. It's kind of bad when you're rooting for the villain in a horror movie. <laughs> that, that that don't sound fine at all. <laughs> yeah, and you know, no offense to anybody who acted in it. It's just Blood was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and I don't know why I can't pinpoint it. But it, I felt in the same vein of Oculus, where I should be scared, I should be uneasy, but I'm just sitting there watching. And I'm like, I'm bored. I'm surprised. That's, that's your first time saying it. I can promise you there's other movies that's out the door bore the hell out of you right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I knew, I kind of I kind of knew it was bad when it says WWE Films. This was a WWE, WWE. <laughs> Yeah, one of the first, you know, things before it's just the, you know, the title, it says WWE Films. And I'm like, oh, great. I wanted it to be good. I so wanted it to be good for her. <laughs> Because, you know, she had Selfie, and that, you know, kind of tanked. And then she had Oculus. I wanted it to be good, but for me, you know, it just wasn't there. And I know she has the acting chops. That is why I absolutely loved her in Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a movie where she could shine, even though she was a background character. She still had the chance to shine and be her own character. And... I'm just happy about that. I'm happy she's coming back because I'm really excited to see her acting more. I would say something, but I don't know who the hell you're talking about, so I'm going to just shish. <laughs> uh, she played, she played um, Gamora's sister in Guardians. Really? That, that was a trick? Mm-hmm. That, mm. Okay, sorry. That's, that's something else. She doesn't look bad. She looks nice. Yeah, no, and she she was menacing in that. You know, she was tough, and she just come off a role where, you know, she was tough. Yes, she was a Scottish redhead in Doctor Who, but, mm -hmm. you know, this was totally a different role for her, and I bought it. You know, I didn't feel like she was typecast in that. And I just feel, you know, really bad because I wanted Selfie to work, and I couldn't get into it. I wanted Oculus to work, and I couldn't get into it, so I'm hoping... I'm hoping that there's something out there for her that actually works because I really like her as an actress. Honestly, with actresses and actresses nowadays, it's like they seem they try it too damn hard, and I don't get why. Yeah, with me, her, it feels natural with her, but go ahead. Like, okay, with her, it seems natural. That's fantastic and all. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But with other actors, I'm not going to name names. They ain't going to try and settle with shit stuff but why do they try so hard to act okay actors become natural kind of like playing music nowadays anyway I'm sorry go ahead kind of like playing music yeah like with me DJing or you playing the guitar mm -hmm. or me talking about sex which sounds natural as hell to me I don't get why but <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it should come naturally like example Angelina Jolie she's a fantastic actress oh my god mm -hmm. when she played when she did what she did in Maleficent, oh my God, I loved her. Mm -hmm. Okay? So with actresses and actors, they, they seem to try too hard. I don't get why. Mm -hmm. And not only that, not only that, when they actually do a good job, they don't get the recognition that they deserve. Yeah. Which is a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. And a whole nother, into. Yeah, and a whole mm -hmm. other podcast that we can get into. Oh, yes. A whole nother podcast type. <laughs> So you, okay. want to get, so you want to get some reviews done here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So let's go over Polyester Zeal by Red Sun Rising. Okay. Uh, earlier we were talking about how music should evolve, music should, you know, move forward. And you were, you were talking about a couple minutes ago how in a genre you should be able to kind of evolve, you know, what the norms are for this. And... For me, Polyester Zeal by Red Sun Rising is exactly that. It is. Oh my god. I carry on, sorry. Yeah, no yeah. Um 
for me, <clears throat> they um, they always describe it as a foundation in rock, but it's a rock alternative or the next thing to rock. And I am actually going to 100% agree with that. I'm probably misquoting them horribly. <laughs> but <laughs> but I absolutely love this album. And they're coming here very soon in May. And I am very excited to see them. They're in a mini festival that we have here in Virginia. And <clears throat> they may not be the headliner. But they're one big reason why I'm going. They're very earlier in the festival. And... I'm going to do my damnness to go see them because I am very excited to hear this music live because I absolutely dig this album. And I think, you know, we're going to go we're going to go song by song. But Okay. But for me, you know, this album is really nice. I got it um on Record Store Day and we'll have another Record Store Day conversation towards the end here. Okay. But I got it on Record Store Day for Black Friday and you know, it was on the fence kind of list because I'd heard The Other Side, which is the third track on the album. It was their first single, and it had been played on the radio a couple times, you know, like, oh, okay. And as I started to listen to it more and more as it got played on the radio, the more and more I dug it. And the more and more of like, well, maybe I should go grab it. And I was glad I did because I think there was only like two or three copies in my particular store that I was at, and I'd gone early. Mm-hmm. And it's a fantastic record. Overall, the presentation, everything for it's amazing. You know, it's got the cover art. And it, um, it's. Uh, I'm waiting for you to finish it because I got my own things to say. You carry on. <laughs> the uh, I'll go over a little bit of the uh, the LP, and then you could go on, and then you can say what you want to say, and then we'll actually go into song by song. So okay. the cover is completely black and white, and the band actually wanted you to go in and color it yourself like an adult coloring book and post it to Instagram and they were going to pick winners for it. Now I'm going to leave it as is because I absolutely love it. You know, if you see the colors of it, it's very, you know, red hue. I like it the way it is as it is on the cover here, you know, black and white. I'm just, you know, I'm a purist, so I'm not going to do that. I want to keep it as is. And keeping with the the orange theme, it's actually on this very cool uh, orange and red splatter vinyl. Sorry about that if you heard music. I don't know why my iTunes was playing. But um, it's on this very cool orange and black uh, splatter vinyl. I'll post a picture of this along with the... I think we'll use that as the picture for the uh, podcast. But it's on this very cool orange and black splatter vinyl. And I was just... As soon as I opened it, I was like, I'm so glad I bought this. So go ahead and uh, go with your thoughts. And then we'll kind of go over the thoughts overall with the album. Okay. So when I went into this, I got to remind people, I am very new to rock. I am very new to this side of things with music, okay? I did not grow up with this. I don't know much about it. Listen to my music, you you will hear EDM. You will hear soca. You will hear hip-hop. You will hear Jersey Club. You you not normally hear rock, okay? So with him, with Pirate Novelist showing me this album, told me to review it, it was something new because I don't know what to expect, Okay. So I listened to it at night while I was playing the game. So that way, my mind, I'm focusing on both the game. I turn off all the sounds of the game. That way, just the music. Okay? Honestly, from beginning to end, it has a little bit of a downside here and there. But overall, it was a very good album. Okay? It didn't flow the way it should flow. But for what it is, it's a very nice work of art. Okay? There's definitely some improvements that could be made into this album. Don't get me wrong. But so far, since this is my first time hearing Red Sun Rising, I actually want to listen to more. Okay? These tracks... Okay, I can tell you off the bat, like five of these tracks, I can see being singles off the just already. Okay? And me personally, these this kind of music is the type of music I will show to my future child. I don't have a child in the way, I'm just saying or when I when I start in, bleh, when I start introducing my my nephew and my nieces and my godchildren into music, mm-hmm. okay, this one I will show them because this is this was raw, this was new to me, and this will this will caught my attention, and I like that. Mm-hmm. So overall, I like this. Yeah, and I'll absolutely agree. This is one of the first times in a very long time where. I had gone in only knowing one song, and I'm that kind of way. If I only know one song, 
the old-fashioned way is you buy the you buy the record and you get everything as is. But for me, it's, you know, the whole package essentially blew me away mm. as a whole. So let's get into the songs here. Uh, it starts off with Push. Yes, Push. That was a very nice beginning to this al- to this album. Okay, it, it caught me by surprise. It's not what I, what I thought it was going to be, honestly. So my bad for assuming that I had no, no clue to get myself into here. <laughs> and, and I absolutely agree. Uh, I and I tend to look at albums from beginning a beginning song and a closer song. Mm-hmm. And for me, if you can get me kickstarted into what you want to say and your sound in there. You kicked it off right away with Push. Push uh, uh, is really good. Um, if you want to look up the lyrics, I'll go a few of the lyrics here that I kind of like. Uh, as a deafening scream in my ear, as a beacon of light that blinds me, I become out of touch with my mind. That is, I really like that. That's the opening lyrics. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And the feel of the song, the rhythm of the song, when I listened to it, mm-hmm. it definitely caught me a surprise because I didn't know rock was like this. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely use this in a mix. I could definitely see myself using this song in some way or fashion mm-hmm. in, future, in future projects or things that I do with my music. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like, I didn't like jam out to it the way I wanted to, but it was, it was very nice for what it is. Yeah. And for me, you know, I'm versed in rock, and for it to, you know, I hear, you know, the rock bass and everything I know for rock, but for me, it was something different, and yet something familiar at the same time. And as you were saying earlier, if it has that lasting quality, I absolutely applaud it. So for me, Push is definitely one of those songs that, I know they open with. It's a perfect opener to get you, if you've never heard of Red Sun Rising and they're the opener, that's a perfect way to get you into what they're about. Uh, it, it caught my attention, and that's the one thing I wanted. Yep. Okay, let's, uh, what do you give uh, Push? We're going to actually, okay, full disclosure here, we rate every single song 1 to 10, and then overall as a cohesive whole, we... We give it a complete rating. So I'm going to give Push a 9 out of 10. I will give Push an 8 out of 10 because, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, it's overall a good song. It was, it was, if you're very new like I am, mm-hmm. it, t- it took me a hot minute to get into it, honestly. It started up nicely, but then just it throws me for a loop as it goes. So with me, it took me some time for me to fully get into the song. Mm-hmm. But once I did, it became very nice. Yep. Okay, let's move on to Amnesia. Okay. Amnesia, I, I, was, I wasn't really a fan of the song, honestly. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Just okay at best. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. It's okay at best. It kind of... Caught, it wasn't like a coming off guard type of song. It was more of a... What, not really why it's there. It fit with the album as a whole, as a cohesive, mm-hmm. but more of why did you make the song in the first place? Not in the sense of you shouldn't, but more of what's the story behind it? I know there's something behind this song, but I don't mm-hmm. know why. Yeah, and I can see where you're going from there. Uh, I'm on the opposite end of this. I This is actually, in my eyes, because I like it so much, a contender for best of the album. And, you know, I see where you could not get into as much, but I did. And um, I think it's just, you know, that when it opens up melodic, I like a lot of melodic things when it comes to rock. And I just like the way it kind of opens. Well, that's good. Yeah. And I'll I'll just pick one of the quotes. I'll quote one of the lyrics here. Every day is the same, but I complain about it, but I'm all right. But that's kind of okay, honestly. I'm like, I didn't really get into that. And then, but I'm all right. Blue to gray, it's mundane, but there's something strange about it. But I've got the right. So, you know, it could be blue to gray days, but you can, you know, complain about it as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, I'm not sick like you. I'm not burned by the truth. Uh, this is it. You're only one moment in time. I love that. I just love that little part there. And to me, okay, did you hear it as less the roses hit the stone or less the roses hit the stone? Less the roses hit the stone. Because I keep hearing it hit, but, you know, sometimes I hear things differently. But you're correct. It's less the roses it the stone. I don't know. Like when I listen to music, I don't pay much attention to words. If don't get me wrong, when I want to listen to listen to the words, I listen to. But with this album, mm-hmm. since it was very new, I went about it in the way of I listened to the feel of it. Okay, mm-hmm. and the feel of it was okay. wasn't really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, with you, I can tell off the bat you were more lyrical. You're like you like more of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get that. With me, it's more of the feel. It has a good feel to it. I'll give it that. Yeah. That's not an issue. The lyricalness, not so much. Yeah. So what would like, you give it out of 10? Um, <laughs> um, this one is a 6. Okay? It was, it's okay at best, mm. but not really not really my, my fan favorite. Yeah. And even though I said it could be... Um, best of the album I'm still going to give it about maybe a 7 or 8 because there's better yet to come and oh, yes. mainly because less the roses hit the stone maybe it's just me not getting it right now but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that's kind of what I felt about it let's talk now about the other side the other side other side okay my bowels i had to check this on my phone okay here we go other side all right this one was nice okay mm-hmm. it had me a little bit hype not in the sense of you may think but i was so hype it, mm-hmm. ca- it caught my attention again what amnesia didn't do the other side did okay mm-hmm. it got my focus back on the lyrics it got my focus back on the band itself okay mm-hmm. has a nice feeling wise it felt good Mm-hmm. It felt like a good song to me overall. Okay, mm-hmm. the mastering of it though was kind of off. Hmm. It was like the bass was a little bit overpowering. Maybe maybe it was my headphones, and I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of bass. But mm-hmm. but besides that, I love this. I love the song. Yeah, Not the best of the album though. But I love the song. Uh, I will, yeah, I'll go along and say I love this song too. This is actually what song that got me into the band first song i heard by them and for me this resonates on so many levels because it's talking through you know getting through adversity getting through troubled times and that's one big thing that i like about it and lyrically it's i love it um let's see uh crawling through mud what's the difference when you come out on the other side falling from grace what's the difference when you come out on the other side where you come out alone only you know what you're going through, and only you can get through what you're going through. That's for, that's actually quite nice. Yes, honestly. it's very it's, powerful. Yeah, that's the thing. Like with the song, this one caught me, caught my attention lyrically, not mm. so, not so rhythmly. That's I'm not even sure that's a word. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I love that opening. That doom 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 do do doom do do doom doom. And what's really cool about <laughs> this is. <clears throat> Uh, a lot of people are comparing them to Alice in Chains. And in the other side, they've gone on record to say they use the same kind of melodical or chords that, um, the variations that Alice in Chains use, you know, that kind of, you know, minor key kind of chords and melodies that you sing. They've gone on record to say that. And, um, hang on just a second here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Mike has gone on record, Mike the vocalist, has gone on the record and actually posted a video of him singing the melody, and he said it's directly like Alice in Chains sings. <laughs> so that that's one another reason why I'm a big Alice in Chains fanboy, but that's one other reason why I like this song so much. This one, I can see why. I like it too. Mm. So what would you give the other side? This one, This one's a nine. Nine for me too. It was thousand nine. I love it. Let's go on to my muse. <laughs> my muse, my muse. Uh, no, I I didn't like the song one bit. I that one, no, 
no, no, no, no, no, no, no. From beginning to end, it was like, why the hell did you make the song in the first place? Okay. Mm-hmm. It didn't go in cohesiveness with the entire entire EP, sorry, LP. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, what the hell? I literally had to stop my game and skip this track because I didn't like it that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go. Sorry, go ahead. You can, no, no, you good, you good, you good. Uh, I'll be the different here. I I liked it. I don't like it as much as any of the other you know, ones on this record. But I get the meaning behind it, you know. Uh, let's see. You'll keep coming back, and I know you will, because I know you well. But I'll always mm-hmm. take you back, because I wish you well. So it's kind of like, you know, this constant, you know, love-hate relationship with whoever Mike is singing about or whoever they're singing about in this song. That makes sense. It's mm-hmm. I don't know with me getting coming into this new and all is like I wasn't expecting that, which that doesn't bother me. But mm-hmm. it's more of what the hell. Yeah, and I think I'll agree. In in my opinion, it might be a weaker one on the 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 track list. Not weaker than Amnesia. I like Amnesia a little bit more than this one, but I'll, I'll agree a little bit that it's a little bit on the weaker side. I still like it because it. As a whole, I like the album. I'll still listen to it. But, yeah, I kind of agree there that, in my opinion, it's a little bit weaker. But I still like it, if that makes sense. I I don't see why you like this song, honestly. I don't like it whatsoever. I don't understand why it's even on the album in the first place. But that's just me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I like it just because, overall, as a whole, even though, to you, it breaks the flow. To me, it... A little bit with, you know, the chords and everything. It flows just a little bit for me. But because there's so much variety from what I know with rock, that I'm like, I'm going to overlook what I don't like about it to continue listening to it because it's such a variety on here with what I know with rock. That's one reason why I keep listening to it. Okay. So what do you rate it? I would rate it seven. <laughs> you're, you're nice. I rated it a four. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and another full disclosure: five is basic bare minimum of and song. I, and I went under that. That should tell you something. <laughs> Let's talk about now their second single, which is called "Emotionless." Emotionless, mm, definitely better than this last track. Definitely better than the other side. I mean, mm-hmm. my bad. Definitely better than my muse. There we my go. My muse, yeah. But not much better. It's pretty good. It's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, not in the, not in the area of like my muse, mm-hmm. but no, my bad. Not in the area of the other side, but not so much better. Hmm. Okay. There were some things I wasn't too fond of. Okay, gosh, it was like. I, I guess it's just me not being not being used to this. I don't know with mm-hmm. my review, but with me coming into a brand new, if if a fan would have told me this is this particular song again to Red Sun Rising, it would not have done it for me. I gotcha. Now don't get me wrong, I like this, I like the song overall, yeah. but it would not get me hooked to the band. I gotcha. What I kind of yeah, I kind of feel the same way, but. I feel like if I listen to the other side first, this could be a kind of companion to kind of, I really love the other side, but this one is just good enough for me to be like, okay, let me check out the rest of their work. I I understand that. Don't get me wrong. I'm quite curious as to, okay, what else do they make? But not in the sense of, oh, I need to listen to more. It's more of, okay, did you make some more than this? That's the way I see it. Yeah. And I think the lyrics are kind of a little creepy. <laughs> with, lips close, with lips closed and eyes seals, your sculpture with a pulse. I want to capture your essence and keep it forever, little one. And I feel good about you not telling anyone. <laughs> Mind you, listen to this entire album like like past midnight over here in the West Coast. So it was like, uh, they need to hear that shit. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> but I love, you know, that point where he says. You'll lay motionless, emotionless. You're beautiful asleep. I love the how it flows. That's one thing that I like about this is how it flows overall. 
I get that. You know, it flows. It does flow. I give you that much, but that much. Mind you, I listen to it like I listen to it, you know, at night, and they creep me the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the Honestly. first time you hear that police's song. Every breath you take, I'll be watching you. It's just, and mind you, when it's pitch black in the room and I'm trying to listen to a mix, sorry, an album with a rock band, which I'm still getting into as we speak. Mm-hmm. And like I hear shit like this, I'm like, you know, I like my soul a lot more than you. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that, screw y'all, I like my soul better. <laughs> yeah. So what would you give this one? Definitely seven. For what it is, it's good. Yeah, I'll okay. give it. An, I'll give it an eight. Okay. Let's talk now about Blister. I love that song. Oh my god! This, I, I, <laughs> this is my favorite on the album. Honestly, this is, that that this became my favorite off the just immediately. Yes. Yeah, just because that you know that whistling, it makes me feel like you know Doc Holliday Western. What I loved about Volbeat's last album, and it's just so unique and melodically, I love it. It's just so different and. Through the flow of all the other songs, it feels like it fits. That's This is the one song where I am glad they added it to the album. I am glad. I am so happy they did because, mm-hmm. honestly, this, 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 got my, this what got me as a fan to this band because this is the first rock song that I personally listened to and I rocked out to it. And I had to replay it a few more times to make sure I, I understood it fully and got into it fully. Mm-hmm. And I love every second of it. I love it. Yeah. And I could definitely see me using this song in so many different ways. Not commercially, but yeah. in so many different ways. <laughs> yeah. So I give it a nine. That's No, this is a ten. This is a work of art. I love it. Uh, I love uh, it. You know what? You're making me change my opinion. Ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. Boom. Let's, move on. My... Let's move on to Worlds Away. Okay. All right, Worlds Away is a definitely nice addition to this album, okay? Mm -hmm. Nowhere near, I got to get back to my track list, there we go. Nowhere near Blister, Mm -hmm. but it's nice. It's very nice. I did rock out to this as well, but not in the caliber I did with Blister, Mm -hmm. okay? It's kind of a more of, you got to sit down and actually think about what they say in this song. Yeah. And I like that because not not a lot of music where make you go, what did he just say? Let me re- let me replace and make sure I catch that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and with I, this one he did that. I absolutely agree there, and it's a shame it had to follow Blister. It's a damn shame because Blister is <laughs> amazing, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. What do you give it? It's an eight. It's a. It's- it, they should not have done that. They should not have done that to that song. <laughs> eight. But, yes, it's an eight. Let's move on to Unnatural. Unnatural. You go first on that one because I'm, I'm actually busy tweeting the band as we speak. Mm-hmm. Let me get back to Unnatural. Hang on. Deep cuts from the record bin. Yeah, okay. deep cuts from the record bin. Let me go back and pop Unnatural one more time. Yes, I, I remember this song. I like to be getting that part, you know, the musy like. Yeah, hold on. Let me get back to my own so I can actually say correctly what I'm going to say. Unnatural. Yeah. I like it. Um, I feel like it's, um, you know, a step up. You know, Blister, you got over that awesomeness, and now you're back down, and you're kind of moving back up, and that's kind of what I like about it. With this one, with me personally, it's different. A nice different, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, the things that I've dealt with in my life, the, the, the word unnatural kind of suits with me now. Mm-hmm. So for a band to take that and roll with it is actually quite nice to listen to, okay? Mm-hmm. Not perfect. There's definitely some flaws in the song itself. But overall, it was a, it's a very good song, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, what would you give it? Eight. This is an eight. Eight as well. Okay, let's move on to Awake. Awake? Hold on. Awake, 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 awake. Uh, not bad. It's actually not bad at all. 
I like that. Yep, that intro. This is like an Alice in Chains song for me. So automatically, when you you sound like Alice in Chains, I'm gonna absolutely dig it. That's the thing. You're a fanboy. That's the thing. I'm not in the bad way, but with me, very very new to this, it's okay. I can rap to this, to this beat. That's what I can say. I can rap to this, and that's nice. Okay, I can definitely easily seen this being used and it makes it some caliber some way and I like that. Yeah. Over it made it made me feel good. It got my attention again where what basically what awake should have done, sorry, what a natural should have done, awake did. Yeah. Okay. A natural caught my attention but maybe lose it again. Awake brought right back and and that's nice. Okay. So yeah. For my score, I'll give it a nine. Nine as well. Let's move on to Bliss. <laughs> oh, I like that one. I like that one. Uh, this is a beautiful song. Is yes, it, it, I was singing it last night, and I kind of <laughs> woke people up. I was enjoying it so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I think you know, just after you got the hype of awake, it kind of mm-hmm. just mellows you down a little bit. So that's kind of what I like about it. And overall, this is the type of song I will play to somebody who's new to the band. This song that I will choose. This and Blister. And Other side? When, no. It's when you're trying to introduce a band to somebody who's very mm-hmm. new, okay? You gotta make sure you gotta choose a song that they can get into as well. I got okay? you. You can't you can't just choose like the most random song ever. Like, for example, I love Marshall Montano, but there's very certain songs of his that I would not play for people, like his power soaker. People don't, if people don't know about his power soaker, I'm not going to just drop that on them like that. I'm going to ease them in. Yep. And with, any, and with anybody else, you got to do that too, okay? Mm-hmm. So with me, I will drop first Blister, then play them Bliss, and then hit them with the Awake, and boom, boom, they're in. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just love this, you know... I feel that my own bliss was pure ignorance. I just, I love this one. So for me, it's another 10. I would, I had to say a 9 because there was a couple of flaws I cannot ignore. But it's overall a very good song. And let's talk about the album closer, Imitation. Mm, very nice. Okay. It, it left me wanting more. It left me wondering, is there any more, any other work out there? Of yeah. <laughs> Rest of Rising. Yeah. And, that's, I think, one of the best things you can do is you want something that, you know, is an end cap, but makes you want to go listen to it again and want more. And that's what Imitation does. Which, with anybody, with any album, they need to do that. And that's exactly what they did, and I love that. Yeah, and a lot of times for me, uh, like I said earlier, I grade uh, album openers and album closers. Mm-hmm. And just, just for me, this album closers ranks up there as a really good one. It's not the best album clubs I've heard so far in my life. Yeah, but it's, but definitely, it's pretty good. It's definitely, yeah, it's very nice. I, I definitely will say that. It's no, you know, when the levee breaks, but. It's more of, it does what it needs to do. Yeah. It makes you go, okay, so this end song, all right. It gets you ready to be, be finished the album. But I also wonder, is there any more of this band? Where mm-hmm. can I look? Yeah, I know. I know they can't be more than just. I know they can't be just this. This is actually their first LP. Really? Yeah. And they already got verified song with Twitter, and I got like four mixtapes, and Twitter didn't give me shit. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, um, so, what would you grade it? This is a ten because yeah. it gets the job done, and I love that. So this yeah. has to be. This is a ten off the bat. Ten for me. So, uh, what would you give Red Sun Rising's overall as a whole polyester seal? Nine. Uh, oh shit! Eight. Eight. My bad. Eight. <laughs> I'm gonna eight go. Out. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go. Eight out of ten because oh, it goes cohesively. It's of like one or two tracks. Okay. And with an album, you gotta make sure you have to make sure that your work of art it basically sends the message that you want it to send. Okay. With this one, you can tell the vet they're rough with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some things around the edges that they got to smooth out. You know this is. But 
you you can see where they where they're trying to head. You see what they're trying to do, and it's very beautiful to see, and it's very beautiful to, to listen to, and make it want to tag along for the ride as they continue to make more music and more music as well. So for me, eight out of ten. For me, it's nine out of ten. This is like I said earlier. This is one of the first times in a very long time that an album has blown me away on first listen. And for me, there's Ooh. enough variety there that I can overlook the flaws that we've talked about and still enjoy the album as a cohesive whole. That, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, wow, we're at an hour. I think we should wrap this up. We'll save our second review for another like mini podcast. We're planning on doing like mini podcasts with this too. So we'll save mm-hmm. our second review for another time because we are over an hour. <laughs> I will do a separate podcast to explain this podcast a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So that way I, people will know what to expect. Okay, mm-hmm. I will do that on my end. So that way when we continue doing this, with, on my end, I can smooth out my own rough edge with this because you can tell off the bat, this first podcast, this was very new. I didn't know what to do here. <laughs> yeah, and, and I actually I absolutely enjoyed talking this. Uh, I was glad that I was able to expose you to Red Sun Rising. I'm so glad in any chance to expose Red Sun Rising out there. I believe they should really be out there getting a lot of exposure. They need it. They really do need it. Yes. they. It's awesome. If you haven't checked their Facebook page, check them out. Facebook.com slash Red Sunrising. Yes. And Twitter.com slash Red Sunrising. Mm-hmm. Support them. Check them out. Buy the LP. Don't download it. I Buy see it. I see y'all bitches. You might download that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, so <laughs> here's the thing. We're uh, with our rating systems. Five is going to be a basic uh, general rating, just basic. Ten is immaculate, you know, oh my gosh. And then a one is epic fucking fail. So <laughs> we're going to slap something on here that's called put it in your collection. And this is our seal of approval to go out there and absolutely buy it. Yes. Please support them. Support them. Please support them and support your local artists. This, this get, is a call to support your local artists. Yes, please. Uber, please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and one more thing. It's www.rentsidrising.com. Okay, he knew that. I didn't, I, I didn't know they had a website. Okay. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> They're with Razor and Ty. Records. Okay. All yeah, right. If you, if you absolutely have the chance, go drop it. And if you can get it on vinyl, get it on vinyl. It's awesome. He's more of a vinyl man. I'm more of a of a way format type of person to hear the full quality <laughs> of, of the music. So, but still, however you want to listen to it, buy it. Please don't 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 pirate it. I see you, bitches. You better buy it. <laughs> yeah, listen to it on YouTube if you can't buy it right now. Until hold you off, but go buy it. All right. All right. Okay. This is the pirate novelist. And this is DJ Lone Wolf HD. We're signing off. All right, you have a good night or day or evening, whatever the hell you are. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right.